You're tuned in to The Go Show, the official podcast of Andy Go, owner and founder of Gojo Studios in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm your host, Andy Go. You could be listening to any podcast in the world, but you're right here with me, and I appreciate that. This is The Go Show, the official podcast of me, Andy Go, and Gojo Studios. So thanks so much for tuning in. Today's episode is one that you're going to want to listen to every minute of if you have been following along with the coverage from Queen City Nerve of the protests happening here in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, in Uptown in response to the murders of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and others. Now, if you've seen Nerve's coverage, you know that they that Justin LaFrancois, their, their publisher, really a, a businessman, not a guy who's really trained for journalism per se. Uh, he's been out each and every night walking many, many miles uh, and has hundreds of hours of live footage from the protests. And there's uh, any number of gr- really memorable moments that we could talk about from Justin's coverage, but we're going to actually focus on one in particular today that came about from Thursday's night of protest. Uh, this was from the later portion in the evening where after a long standoff with police, Justin had a conversation with a gentleman named DeMarco while they were marching through the streets. And uh, among other things, DeMarco told Justin that he had never had any white friends growing up and that the protests this week were the first time he's met so many white people in his life and that he was really enjoying that part of the experience. Well, later on in that evening, too, a a, a woman came up to Justin not much longer after this and and wanted to find DeMarco. And so Justin led this woman to DeMarco. Her name is Shelly. And 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 Shelly gave DeMarco a hundred dollars cash to help him get started with with his T-shirt business and, and, and doing his other artwork. And they hugged it out. They, they became friends. Uh, a few tears were shed. And that moment from the protest is what I'm going to focus on in today's episode of The Go Show. Um, we're going to hear a conversation between myself, DeMarco, Shelly, and Justin about this very moment and what it meant within the greater context of everything that was going on with the protests. It's a fantastic conversation. It's uh, worth listening to every minute of, especially to hear DeMarco's perspective on everything that's going on. And uh, I really haven't cut anything from this conversation. I really want you to hear it in full if if you can. So uh, I'm not going to take too much more time talking about this. Uh, just take a listen to it. Listen to it with an open mind and an open heart. And uh, I appreciate you listening once again. All right, Go Show listeners, want to thank you all again for tuning in to the show. Got a very special um, edition of the Go Show here for you. If you've been following Queen City Nerve and their live coverage of the 2020 protests, the Black Lives Matter protests here in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, over the murders of Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and other black lives, then you might have seen on the live feed an interaction between Justin LaFrancois, who of course was uh, videoing all week, and a woman named Shelly and a gentleman named DeMarco um, that happened on Thursday night. And we'll talk about that. Um, We're going to talk about what 
happened there. But I've got those three people here with me today at the Go Show uh, to talk about just what happened there and the the feelings and the emotions that they've been having in this past week of protests. So sitting across from me, I want to introduce everybody on the microphone. Sitting across from me is DeMarco Blair. DeMarco, what's going on, man? Cooler, man. How are you? Man, I'm good. And thank you so much for taking the time to come out here and, and speak with us. Thanks for giving me this opportunity. Much appreciated. To my right is Shelly Rogier. Shelly, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me, Andy. Shelly and I used to work at the Beckler Museum of Modern Art uh, a long time ago in a different life. And uh, I'm so grateful for, you know, our friendship and for you setting up this whole meeting between the three of us, happy four to, of us, I guess. Happy to do it. <laughs> and of course, to my left is uh, the man of the hour, the Queen City Nerve live stream journalist extraordinaire, Mr. Justin Law Francois. Justin, what's going on, man? Uh, nothing. I'm tired. Uh, I'm not the man of anything. I'm just a guy <laughs> with a camera uh, trying to document, support, and keep people safe. Excellent, man. Well, uh, I know that you've been doing a great job of that. I know the community is very appreciative of, of what you've been doing. I know a lot of people have been telling you that, um, but I think, uh, I think everybody really feels the same way. Uh, all right. So I just want to get into this conversation again. I was I didn't actually see this happen on Thursday, this interaction between y'all. I actually saw it on Twitter later. And uh, Shelly, once I saw you kind of blowing up, I was like, oh, well, I know Shelly and I, uh, you know, I see what's going on here. So I wanted to dive in more. Um, but DeMarco, I want to start with you. Uh, I really want to start with where you were and what you know, what you were thinking when you first saw these protests going on, you know, Friday night on Beatty's Ford Road, Saturday night in Uptown, you know, where were you and like kind of what what brought you out to the protest? When the first protest happened on Betty's Ford, I was home. I was speaking with my mother and we were talking, watching uh, the riots go on. And we was coming and like, they need peace. They need freedom fighters. You know, they needed, they needed, there were was, was people out there full of rage, full of anger. But me and my mother were speaking like, there's another way. What they did wasn't correct. I'm not going to down them for it, but it was better ways of handling it. So I came out that following Monday to a protest downtown. I was just marching. And I really got to see how the cops handle the peaceful protesters without the people protecting themselves. And as we was walking, me and my friend Dustin, another um, white gentleman I met uh, for the first time, man, I'm super friends now. Man, he was walking. I went to the restroom. I come back. Also throwing tear gas and shooting us when we got by Weird Fargo. So that really changes my mind to I got in touch with Mario Black from uh, Me and Youth March. And I asked him, can we put together some type of peaceful protests with like the bikers borders and, and the rollerbladers to guard away for, and for the people so it wouldn't be no more looting, rioting, or anything. Let me ask you this. Have you uh, protested before? Have you organized before? Have you marched or anything? No, sir. These are my first ones. First time marching. So what 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 was different about this incident with George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor? What was different about it this time? This one here was different because it was light shining on America for Black American men that that go through walks of life daily, like like I do, 
and our and 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 our voices finally getting heard. Our our images is finally getting shattered for once for for once in America. And I felt like all my life, I re, I realized I I I. I'm always into books. I'm always to, into different cultures, different lifestyle. And what I noticed is we all got the same walks of life. And we all just want to be accepted and respected. And all my life, that's all I really just been waiting on a moment like this to, to happen for somebody to really see my side of the story. I've been telling it for so long, but it's only been falling on deaf ears. And now America ears are open, and I felt like this was my moment. This is what God been calling me for. So, what do you think is the message that America needs to hear right now? America needs to hear that people just want to be treated like people. We want the promises. We want the promises that we've been promised by congressmen, governments, and and presidents to be to be fully committed to and, and you know, dealt with. Mm. You know, like we work, like American people, we work, we pay taxes. We pay for the role, we pay for officers, we pay for every government official. We elect these people. We put our trust into these people to do, the to hold on to what we see fit, what they see fit, because they claim it they're for the people. And we if we vote for you and elect you in the seat, it's basically like sun, moon, and stars. Your sun shine on the moon was bright enough the stars, so you shining your light on us. And we just, when we stand behind you, and we don't want to look bad, but y'all making us look bad. Wow. Y'all making us, this is, I apologize, but y'all making us look bad. It's like, it's time for the people to have a voice. It's time to be heard. It's a, it's a time to be, grown about the situation, you know, take accountable for your actions and do as you say. That's the only thing that people want. They just want respect. They just want to live free. They just want good councilmen, governments, and seats that's going to respect them and, and really give them a voice and opinion on America because we all are Americans. Absolutely. One of the things that really struck me about this whole story that, Justin, you did really such a good job of kind of explaining and giving context like you did the entire week. I, you know, that's that's something you you did consistently uh, during your coverage uh, is is the fact that, you know, growing up, you you didn't have any white companions, no friends, no, no friends, no, no, no classmates, like classmates. No, because I wasn't really in school like that. But as far as like growing up, friends, knowing guys, white guys off the back of my hand, no, sir. Yeah. It can, I couldn't give you three white guys out of my city right now. And and so let me back up. You you uh, were born and raised in Lancaster, South Carolina. Lancaster, right? South Carolina. And that's yes, where sir. you grew up. Grew yes, up. sir. So, so pretty much all black people. All no black, no yeah. whites alike. Whites rarely come to our neighborhood. Like, if you come, you all matter suspect that as a cop. We ain't going to want you there. It's, it's just like whites to us bring bad vibes, you know? Like, so it was never going on like that. In my city, Lancaster, South Carolina, it's really separated from, like, Buford area into Lancaster area. It's it's like a line, it's like a visible line. Everybody know, like, don't cross into Buford. When you go in the beautiful, it's just white. Mm. When you cross over, 
back in Lancaster, it's all black. So we really don't even get a chance to acknowledge each other or get a get a chance to sit down, talk, or anything with each other and from my city. So being here and being in the protest, it really changed my views of of, of white Americans because it's some white Americans who really want to understand, want to know what black guys, black people go through. And and I think I, I can give them a great opportunity to 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 elaborate on their life and shine light on their life to let them know. And I appreciate everybody coming out and supporting black men, black women, black lives, because they really do mean a lot. It really do, especially to a person like me who wakes up in the morning, want to change their body size, want to change their skin color. Just praise God for just a peaceful day. Like being a black man, our whole day is scruffy. We die two times before we wake, before we even walk out the door. We got to worry about walking down the street, getting shot by one of our homeboys, best friend. We pray I wake up in the morning, I don't get shot. Then we got to cross the street and hope we don't get shot by a cop. So we literally die twice before we even walk out the door, even get breakfast. So I'm thank God that people asking about this, want to know about the lifestyle, and really just give them a listening ear to take it in to get an understanding. They not running from things they don't know. And I think I think this is what this 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 whole ride and not ride on, I'm not gonna call it a ride, but a protest. And all bro, it brought love, peace, and a lot of unity. It brought a lot of unity. You ready to retract your man of the hour statement yet? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, man, it was short-lived. Sorry, hey, hey, you just need to... In fact, let me get that microphone from you. We don't even need you. Um, <laughs> I'm about to die. <laughs> no, man, I appreciate what? that. That was incredible. It, it, yeah. Deep, man. I appreciate deep. that so much because, um, you know, when you say that, it's like, you know, your interactions with white people are before they even walk in the door or step foot on the street, you know, there's already suspicion. There's already, Always. like, fear that... It, and, 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 and a lot of the time, and it's not for, you know, a, a bad reason, but that's, that's how you interact with white people. And then when, you know, I look at how I grew up, I grew up in Southern Indiana, like the KKK was like literally founded about 30 minutes South of where I grew up. Um, and so I didn't have any like black friends or like there was maybe the one token black friends, you know, whatever. And it's just nothing. It's just, it's, and then the same thing happens on that side because you don't get, ex you don't get exposure to black culture, black experiences, black struggles. Um, and so I've been living here in Charlotte for about 14 years now. And I'm actually very grateful for my time here in North Carolina because I feel like I've actually gotten a chance to experience and immerse myself in black culture and black Charlotte, Charlotte's great for that. It I, really is. I thank Charlotte for that. They they blend in cultures a lot. And one thing I can say, Charlotte got good supporters and got good people here in Charlotte. Charlotte's not a bad area. I, I'm not going to let people say that. Charlotte's not a bad area. They got great people here. That's, that's ready to go when you want to go, ready to help you. And that was Charlotte brought to me, like this parade me, pro, uh, protest me and Justin. It it really showed me that Charlotte got real good supporters, bro. I knew that was here, but I was still like hiding in the shadows. There was a bunch of... You moved here about four years ago, you said, correct? Yes, sir. So you moved here right around the time the Keith Lamont Scott protest yes, happened. Yes, sir. So yes, sir. That, was, uh, that was probably one of your first memories of, of yeah. being in town. Yeah, I, I came after 
after the um uh, the protest, like a few weeks after okay. the protest. Yeah, so that would have been in uh, late September or so. Crazy. Um, okay, so I want to get Justin and Shelly involved here too. So I want to talk a little bit about actually what happened on Thursday night, that scene that played out in front of thousands of people watching Justin's live stream like they've been doing uh, every night for the past eight or nine nights now. And ten, ten nights. nights. Yeah. Ten nights. Um, so the scene... Um, Justin, I actually want you to describe it because you will do much better job of describing it than I will. The scene started about 30 to 40 minutes before Shelly and DeMarco interacted with each other because Tyshawn, one of the, one of the other organizers who works up front with DeMarco and kind of directs the bike squad where they're going to go. We had marched up to the line at CMPD's headquarters um, where they wouldn't let you go any further on South Davidson Street toward their parking lot. And Tyshawn had a conversation with one of the cops on the line asking if they could go through. They didn't want to have any trouble at the police station. They just want to create their own path. They don't want them impeding on their on their freedom to flow. I got a question to ask to my policemen out here. You can see my face unmasked. I'm not going to pose no problem. May we come through? Yeah, that's the reason of what? At that point in time, as I'm filming this scene, as a crowd of 600 people walks up and takes a knee in silence so that they could have that conversation, this fucking... It, you're good, bro. <laughs> Come on, man. This is my podcast. You, just, you, you, never, you, you never know anymore. But, Did you just not yeah. see me drop a F-bomb tirade on Twitter yesterday? <laughs> so fucking uh, this guy, Arthur, who's been out there every day as well, he even got arrested one time for pointing his, pointing his gun toward the police officers. Um, just uh, reactionary. I was walking around filming on the on the front line, just showing everybody what was happening. And he asked me to take a knee while I was in the middle of doing one of my kind of talking spats. Um, But I was trying to do it quiet because they were doing their thing. And he was like, why don't you take a knee? And I was like, hey, man, I'm I'm reporting, I'm reporting. I was sorry, I'll I'll go over here. And he was like, this is a no media event. Uh, these officers want to hold this line. They don't want to let anybody through toward their parking lot. Um, there was a peaceful inner. I'm, I'm trying to report on this. I'm sorry. Uh, I, you can get out the way, bro, because this is a no media event. Bro, this isn't a no media event. I've been out here since Friday reporting on this. Man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then I got kind of fucking mad. I was like, excuse me. I've been out here since I've been out here since the minute this shit started. I'm out here reporting on everything. And he was like, well, you looking sideways and all this shit. But DeMarco came in and separated us. Um, And then the officer allowed the march to go through. And then he kind of came up to me again, just saying like, hey, and, you know, you're with us and everything like that. And then as we were walking down um, Caldwell Street later on, heading to fourth street to take it all the way up to what's what's this street here oh poplar poplar yeah so we were walking up fourth to poplar from caldwell and i caught up with demarco and was just talking to him and he had a lot to say i put the stream on him and let him talk and he was telling me about how he had never had any white friends he had never felt any white love Uh, and he was telling me about all the love and appreciation that he was getting from everybody out here this weekend 
just this past weekend, I don't whenever it was, and uh, saying that he had all these new white friends and they would call on him and check on him, and he felt really appreciative of that. And I started crying while he was talking. You hear that? And it's good to me, bro. Say it again. I met the most white people I ever met that's good to me, bro. This weekend, 30 years old. Never had a white friend in my life. Never in my life. And so we just separated for a little bit. And then everybody on my live stream was like, go back to DeMarco and tell us what his cash app and Venmo are and stuff like that. So I went and asked him and he said he didn't have one. So I was just blowing up his Instagram. I was just sharing his Instagram around. Um, and we met up again at a different block and he came up to me and he was like, uh, let your people know that I'm trying to make some shirts. I'm trying to get some shirts done if anybody does that. And so I told everybody and shared his Instagram again and we kept walking and we didn't have another interaction until Shelly came out of her apartment and down to where we were on Poplar Street asking me where DeMarco was because she was like, I've got his first hundred dollars. And we walked back to DeMarco and they exchanged that and did their thing. And then now they're friends and she can take it from there. Yeah, Shelly, let's hear from you and, and take us back to kind of um, take us back to, you know, when you first started tuning in to uh, Justin's feed and just kind of how, how you watch it from there. And then and then what happened on Thursday? Yeah. So, um, you know, all of this was going on in Charlotte and I live in an uptown, you know, high rise. And so for me, what happened? So I was here in 2016 as well. And it the protest didn't last that long um, in 2016. But I knew the tone in the country was different this time, that there was a different vibe. And so I got on Facebook and I started um, like looking for live feeds to find out what was going on. And I came upon Justin's feed and I started watching that. And then Justin also mentioned Glow Merriweather's feed and I watched hers. And then Christy Puckett Williams <laughs> is like my favorite feed ever. Um Oh my God, she is hilarious and she is raw. But if you listen and get past the motherfuckers, every <laughs> other word that she says. Look at these fucking men. These Johnny come motherfucking late. Been out here one goddamn night and want to tell people that's been on the front lines how to fucking act. Who that? They don't have no fucking trauma like we have. They weren't trapped up like we was. They ain't been shot like we have been. Who's talking shit? All these motherfuckers that just came out here. What you get into is her, like all the work that she's doing in the community and the strategy behind this and the purpose behind it. And you start understanding this differently. Um, and so what about th so Thursday night? You were watching the, the coverage. You were watching yeah, Justin's so then, live stream. So Justin's feed, because it lasts for so long and he has the commentary <laughs> with it, you know, he describes. So that is playing in the background. 
And then I saw the interaction where the uh, cops were again, after multiple nights, were holding that line. And the interaction happened. And then um, DeMarco and several of the others, Trash Man Johnny, I started seeing this <laughs> leadership from within form. And DeMarco pointed out that he did not want that situation to escalate negatively because he said this statement. He said the police broke some chains tonight. That was a win. And we needed to take that win and not let it, you know, go bad. Yes, so that started me. Then I was like, ooh, who is this guy? And then when he said, then there was this unintended outcome that he didn't come out here to meet white friends. It just happened organically. And I was like, wow. It really did. And so, you know what I do in the Charlotte community, which is I am very connected to the art scene. And so when Justin gave his Instagram account, I started looking at his photos on his feed and I was like, oh, God, he's an artist. Like, and and I could just tell the vibe from him. He was an artist. I was like, I need to hook him up. And he wants to get T-shirts made because he's got some cool messaging. I was like, ooh, let me hook him up with Eric Nandello mm -hmm. and make that connection happen. So, so Shelly, what, you know, what was the moment you were like, okay, I got to go down there? So that was the thing. So all of this had kind of built right in my heart and... I am like listening to this. And I told Justin, I said it was like I was marching with them. And this had I been down there in the march, um, I would have probably been marching beside Marco. And we would have had this conversation like he did with the other people that he met. Yeah. And but I was like, but I'm up here watching the live feed. So what can I do? So I I just, this voice inside of me said, you got to act now. They keep saying we got to take action. I was like, I got to act, make a connection with him, give him some funding for his t-shirts, hook him up, pull, you know, get him into the art community because, and I want to be this guy's friend. <laughs> you know? you. Like, he's cool. I just want to be his friend. Thank you. Thank you. And Thank I would you. never. Yeah, a cool guy. Yeah, I would have <laughs> never met him in any other way. Like, I'm, you know, 53 year old white chick. Like, what, how, how are <laughs> yeah, we ever going to meet? <laughs> yeah. Except if I didn't go down there. And then I said, you know, after I was like, here, this is for your t shirts, and I'm going to hook you up with Eric Nandello. But also, will you be my friend? Like, can we be friends? <laughs> yeah. And that because he would, you know, I have a lot of people of color all in my sphere. I buy local artists and stuff like that. But well, like, I, I just want to be his like, will you be my friend, man? Because I think you're cool, not because you're black. I do want to give a quick shout out to some of the work we did at the Beckler, which was specifically around using the arts to help re rehabilitate and, you know, uh, give opportunities and, and enhance lives. Yeah, uh, Keith Cradle's work. There's with the, the jail. jail arts program and, and programs for the blind, um, early onset dementia and everything else. So, you know, you're not, um, you know, this is not new work to you is, is using art as a way to uh, help create opportunities. Um, I do want to key in on that, though. 
that that notion that these protests, this is day 11 now, I guess, right, of these protests. And and there's been a profound shift in my eyes of the type of conversations that have happened because of these protests. I mean, case in point, the four of us are sitting right here at this table right now having this conversation two weeks ago. It wouldn't even have been possible. Um, and Justin, I think you really said it really well in a tweet that I retweeted yesterday, which was that, you know, the point of these protests really is, is you know, it's not to smash stuff. It's not to set stuff on fire. It's to have these conversations with people that we weren't having these conversations with before and conversations that we were too afraid to talk about before uh, as well. And that's what's happening right now. Um, DeMarco, I know that that was a big thing for you. You know, I mean, you know, how do you think these conversations have have sh- shifted your 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 view on uh, race, race relations, you know everything that's going on. These conversations have have, right, have took it to a whole took my mindset to a whole new level. It had opened my eyes to a whole new America. It uh, just being out there supporting people, people coming up to me for support. It's like it's amazing. It's amazing. We helping each other. We 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 we're people in the color and unity now, and and it's only gonna get. We gonna be out here for a long time. We gonna be out here for a long time, man. It's not it's not stopping out the day eleven, day twelve. We 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 continue on. We steady pushing. We praying that we keep it pushing because this light has opened up a lot of people's eyes. We are we we want the piece of protest freedom fighters out there that's letting everybody's voice be heard. Um, we making sure everybody from transgender, the LGBTQs to black, Latinos, whites, everybody get their voices heard. Everybody get their questions answered about black culture, about black lives, about unity, about seeing different, everybody in a different perspective other than a, hey, a Korean guy, he cook, he make Chinese food. I well, I can't be a, a Korean guy with with good intelligence and a good heart. Why he can't be a Korean guy, my brother? You know, like why he can't be that type of guy? We trying to throw that image away. That's old. That's 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 old imagery. It's a new vision in America, and I think it begins with us as a a unity, and that's what we pushing a new beginning in America, a new a new look at. Else, as people, you know, just look at everybody as family other than separation. Separation is over with. It's over with. But I thank God for Justin. Like, I didn't know he was getting harassed at that time. I just, uh, they got me playing security. God put me here for a protector. I always been a protector of my people. And I just heard a bunch of noise going on. And I see him, he's like, all up in just face, like you in the media, you don't want, you don't need to be here. But I'm like, whoa, bro, like Justin, I got to just go keep recording because I need his camera running. I need, I just need it. He didn't know I needed him, but I needed him for to show this piece, show that me and Ty we, we leading the bikers, we leading is we is black people leading a peaceful protest. Black man leading a peaceful protest. That's strong. A black man leading peaceful protest after what happened with all these riots and lootings, like what it was, West, uh, um, Beatty's Ford Road. Beatty's Ford Road, yeah. what happened to um, 
North Lake Park, South Park, all these different places. Like I got a scooter thrown at me on uh, uh, Will Fargo because I tried to stop a couple guys from breaking windows. Like from Will Fargo, I got a, th- a scooter thrown at me. I done got called Coon. I done got called Big Black Monkeys. I done got called Niggers. I done got called uh, Slave Master Childs by my own people, my own kind. So you got to take this in that what people not understanding, what's going on out here, we're not, black people don't only get bashed by white folks. We take a lot of it on from our own kind to what people not saying. So I'm, I'm here to say it. We take a lot, I take a lot from my own black culture. I take a lot for being my size, for 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 having these, Distinct eyebrows, having these low look eyes, they just sets a demeanor of rude looking. They just look at me and just see my eyebrow. They see my eyes low, automatically think I'm high. Automatically think I'm rude. They see my size, automatically think, "Hey, this guy will beat me up. Hey, this guy will take like me." I sit in my neighborhood. I can sit around a couple of guys be chilling. I guarantee y'all, the one guy he gonna say, "Bro, you a big guy." If we get in a fight, I'm going to shoot you. I'm not going to fight you. I'm going to shoot you. And you know that made me feel unprotected. It made me feel not safe. It made, it made me feel real deluded, real small. And it made me feel like a problem. It made me don't want to go nowhere. It really made me shelter myself and stay away from a lot of people because I feel like I'm not accepted by my own culture or I'm not accepted by whites or I'm not accepted by Latinos. So normally this gave me an opportunity to be the people to see me. And that's why I acted because I wanted him to know I saw him. I saw him as an artist. It just gave me that opportunity. He didn't know that, but he gave me an opportunity that I've been searching for for a long time. And, and it's here now, so I'm going to embrace it. And I think, that's why I think all these supporters, man, I hear white, black, Mexican, I thank them all because they standing for me. They standing for a lot of people like me that don't get this time to express their feelings or give Let's have friends, like I would tell them, family member was riding. I gave him, I gave him family members now. So it's, I just thank God for the movement. I hope it 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 it, it goes farther. And Shelly's been great. Man, I had a two, like a long conversation yesterday, about an hour or so, just good vibes, man. Just, just thank God I got people to talk to now, you know? That's, that's what I'm glad it's about, man. I got unity, bro. Unity, sure. man. Um, Demarco, man, it's got to it, it's got to take so much courage to share that and and to be real about that. And um, you know, my heart just breaks that that's 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 the experience that you have. And but you know, I, I do feel that we are standing in a moment of time that is hopeful that these conversations are having and that people are being mm-hmm. able to realize that this is. Real, this, is, this is somebody's reality, and that's not acceptable. On. And I think, it's not and I acceptable. Think, I thank people for just, like I say, just listening, bro. Just 
being understanding. I mean, a lot of people like, hey, I don't know what you go through. I have white privilege. I I don't. I don't met people, people, plenty of people who don't like their white privileges. Who who like? I wish I can just give you my white privilege, but I say don't give me your blessing. Don't don't give me your white privilege blessing. Use your white privilege blessing for people like me. That's why God gave you that white privilege blessing. It's a blessing. It's not a privilege. It's a it's a blessing. God gave you that privilege for you to use it for people who can't use it, who people who he didn't give that blessing to. You know, so just use it and share your blessing. Don't use your white privilege blessing, ble- your white privilege just because you got it. Use it and do good with it. You know what I'm saying? Use it, use it because, you know, like I told you, I'm black. It's certain people, I, some places I couldn't go, some place people I couldn't talk to. But if I had a white friend, I know maybe it, my life would have been a little easier. But so if you got that, you got that privilege, use it. You know, a lot of, uh, you know, white people or, you know, just non-black people really uh, are asking themselves that question. What can I do? How can I help? You know, what are some things that I can learn? And, and of course, it's not the responsibility of the black population to necessarily educate the um, white people, but white people need to realize or people of privilege need to realize that their privilege and if they have a platform is really the biggest, greatest, strongest asset they can have in this in America, work. Right. right. Yes. And, and, and no matter how much money, you know, some people have, uh, no matter how much status, lawyer, doctor, whatever, in, in in our society, there's a lot of people that will still see a black person as a black person, no matter what no matter the title what, yeah. is. So if you're not black and you have that privilege and you have that platform, that is something that no matter what, some people just will never have, no matter how much money they have. So um, that would be my message as well. And and I appreciate you saying that because I feel like that's what I've been trying to tell people who've been asking me that, like, you know, people have asked me, how can I help? And I say, you have a platform, you have privilege. You have, use it. Just, just use your voice. Just use your voice. Because when you say like, hey, I stand, I stand. on this, yes. that's just another like voice in that course that makes it stronger. It's more threads in the fabric that make it that stronger. Justin. I want to go back to the tweet that I made that you were talking about uh, because something that I've learned out here at every single one of these protests, I've talked to hundreds of people. I've got people I call family now. I've got people I call brothers. Um, You can't understand equality if you don't walk with all the people that are in your community uh, because you can't you can't understand somebody else's perspective or their reality without having a conversation with them. So what white people need to do is they need to open up that dialogue. If you want to have a panel, as I know Charlotte loves to have their, their white pack panels, have it where it's a conversation with just regular people in your community. Like DeMarco, DeMarco just lives his life. And then he was out at the protest. He's not, he's not a, he is now, but he's not a community leader. He's not an elected official. He's not a business owner or anything like that. He's not a person that somebody reaches out to and says, well, I need to put them on stage and let this whole room of people listen to listen to what this person has to say. But he's made me cry now twice, once just five minutes ago. <laughs> and it's imp- that's what's important about it. And like, and another thing, like I broke my hand at the bar two nights ago, hitting a dude. And Shaka, 
a guy that's been leading these crowds for nights now told me he was like, man, just let us know. We'll throw those punches for you. And it's like, no, man, I'm here to throw punches for you. Like that's, that's what white people need to do right now. Uh, All of our black communities have been fighting too long against us, against oppression, against police brutality, against white supremacy and position of powers. Um, And it's on us right now to just like he said, use our privilege to fuck that up. Yeah. How about the state? Like people yelling uh, black, black people get harassed a lot, but. Also, I see it like white folks get harassed too because it go to a mental state. It go to a mental state. It don't go physical to white people, but it go to a mental state with white people. Some, because you know, you got racist white people. So I'm going to say some white people. Like you can have a, like me and Jessica can go out. If I get harassed by cops or get locked up with cops, they don't do nothing with him. But he still have that mental state or uh, seeing that in his mind, like, you locked my black friend up and got a rat and, and got physical with him, and I was doing the same thing. You feel me? Like I'm doing the same thing. I thought I'm getting locked up. I know Jesse he cussing him out, kicking the doors or anything, but they probably just tell him like, "Hey, buddy, go Cut on. It out. Yeah, we got him. You know." But in his mind, it, it went mental. It it touched him to the point where he like, "Yo, that's not fucking right." He can't sleep. He can't eat. He can't operate because he feel in his body won't let him because he go. He has to do something about it. Like this not right. So he got harassed. He got harassed too. But it only went mental with him. As far as a black man, it get mental and physical. So I understand. I don't understand what people say. Only blacks get harassed. But if you look at it. Whites get harassed too, but it just, it's mental. You know, like it start, you could, if I get harassed in front of white kids, it's gonna get mental too. Maybe one of them be like, hey, that's our cop. That's how we gotta treat blacks. Like, cops treat blacks. So it, it starts mentally. Mm-hmm. It, 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 get, it get white people, it get into people who don't see it mentally, not people wanna say we get harassed because we get harassed and we get action done to us. But, you gotta remember, people. We have brains too, so it get it, it get mental. It become a mental problem with harassment, other than just physical. It's a uh, problem that has a lot of different tentacles, reaches a lot of different places, and there's no there's no one solution. There's no one silver bullet. There's no, no one answer. But I'll tell you what, I truly believe that having conversations like this, uh, e- even though you know, action needs to follow these conversations. Action cannot happen without these conversations in the first place. So, you know, again, I'm really honored just to be here listening to y'all talk about this 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 moment that that touched all of us so, so deeply. Um, we we'll definitely want to have more conversations like this in the future and definitely want to continue this narrative, but I, I want to wrap up this conversation here today by DeMarco asking you about your artwork, right? Because like, I, I know I that love art, like, okay, I yeah, love to paint. I love graffiti. I don't, I just love everything. Like I got four tires now and I, my friend painted the white for me last night and he thinking about just going out and get everybody to sign it and maybe we can chop it up into a sculpture some type of way. Like, I just love art and I I just, I gotta get it out. Like, it just ball, it's, it's, it's like a ball in me that I gotta express the art 
because we don't express it so much through violence. You know, growing up in my childhood, just just seeing violence and having to express your anger, everything through violence. Like my neighborhood, you can't even be happy for yourself. You can't even come out the door and be like, oh, well, they, what you got a smile on your face for? Huh? They coming for you. There's no happy vibes you where I'm from. It's nothing. You can't be fresh. You can't be clean. You can't. You can't do that. That's a vibe. That's a no no. Where you from is right. You gotta be clean. You gotta be happy, joyful, smile face. Where I'm from, smiling faces get you cases. So it's always the creative. Cool it's always the creatives with the the healing process, and that's why. You know, art is so incredible, incredibly meaningful to me. And it's, and it's, it's very, that, very expressive. It's that important factor that it's a different type of a voice and a different type of a speech um, that allows people to express themselves. And that's what I saw in DeMarco. And that's why I want to get him to connect connected to as many resources as I can um, because I think he's going to make some incredible, incredible art. And so I want to know, like, you're going to be working with Eric, um, what you're going to, so Eric's a screen printer and an artist. With Max Flat Fresh. Yeah. And so you have ideas for t-shirts that have artistic word phrases on it. We're going to, today we're going to get one. We're going to do something for the LGBTQ Foundation. That's what I want to do something for, for the gender, because there's over like 21 black males in Charlotte that would, uh, transgenders that's been murdered in they cold cases and nobody's speaking about them. Yeah. Cause transgender people is people too. But their voices is is has a, as I've been protesting these eight days, I see that their voices is getting swept and not respected up under the rug. As they get the microphones, I'm watching people like well, I'm listening to him. He got a little sugar in his tank. He don't know what's going on. But <laughs> hey, this what happens. Right. This is harassment. This what yeah. I'm looking at like he going through what I go through. You feel me? Like people not respecting him because of his choices in life. And that's not right. You know what I'm saying? So they voices have to be heard too. So it plus it's like it's a black thing too. More, and not, well, in our culture, you can't be gay. If you be gay, you automatically cut from the family. Your ties cut. You might would just buy both. Like, as a black man, we not we raised not to be homosexual. We lay, we were raised to not to like homosexuals. You can't have a homosexual friend. You can't sell them homosexual drugs. You can't anything that with gay people. Black man is like a guarded to a vampire, you know, it, it's nothing. So as I see these black mans and men of color together back at these protests, I see they rainbows, I see they tie dye. I'm like, hey, these people got voices too. So that's what I want to do with my shirts. It's not more parts as a black thing. It's just as far as a culture thing for everybody, bro. Yeah, it's that's for a powerful everybody. statement. Culture. It's a culture thing, bro, because 
you have you got blacks that get harassed as they transgender and stuff like that. Like they have voices too, and nobody's not thinking about them as people protest. When have you seen a protest about a genderfied guy that died, and it went case that was black? But as soon as a black guy get choked out or something on the news, I know I'm gonna get this for this, but there it's a protest. It's a it's a, it's something going on. Fuck the police, it's something. But if it comes to a transgender male, black male that gets shot, that get killed, it goes on to the black community. Oh, he shouldn't be gay anyway. That what God did to him. God did not do that to that man, bro. You feel me? He did not do that to that man. He's black like that, so why we can't get a protest and why his voice can't get be heard? Why his, his name can't be screened as they screen George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and all these other unsung names that's been that's been murdered by cops. What about the transgender guys that have been murdered by cops? They've been they 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 got cold cases. I mean, Pride Month started with uh, a, a protest against police brutality against LGBTQ they bodies and spaces. So yes, it's sir. very much the same fight. The two you know li- missions are bound up in one another, and I think that's a fantastic point. We can't segregate ourselves and just say, "Oh, you know, because I'm not black, it's not my fight," or because I'm LGBTQ, I need to fight LGBTQ. But you know, I, I'm not involved with Black Lives Matter. It's 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 very much all part of the same fight. Um, and that's a great point to uh, point out. Um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up now, but I want to leave every, I want each of y'all to give me your just kind of final quick thoughts, things that you want to say, what your thoughts about the conversation, Shelly. Uh, and I'd like to start with you. Um, I just, uh, Justin feed, um, Christy Puckett Williams, Glow Merriweather's feeds, um, have, um, given me, uh, new knowledge and information. Um, DeMarco just being himself and communicating the realness of who he is allowed me to meet a new friend. And I'm going to use my connections to um, get him into the art community. But then I also want to qualify and say, I appreciate the fact that you call me ma'am, but, and I know that you were raised that way and, and I appreciate your humility and respect. Um, but I'm just Shelly and, um, I can't wait to like talk to your mom or meet her. Um, and you know, I just, don't put me on a pedestal because I'll fall and break my neck. <laughs> I'm, I just, I'm on the ground with you and uh, and we're friends and it's all good. And it's Justin, good. I just have to tell you, man, you got to keep doing this because I you know you get a little blowback and, you know, that the live feed can be manipulated by, you know, bad actors. But um, it opened up a storyline for me and maybe a lot of other people to hear individual stories and be able to connect with individuals. And what I would tell your listeners, Andy, is uh, don't hesitate, take action, right? Um, Make that connection, you know, use the virtual space, the platform to then go to the, the next step, uh, Refriend these people on their social media platforms and then reach out to them, connect with them um, 
and and take it to the next level. So. Yeah, because you feel it in your heart at that moment. Go on that moment. Yeah. Don't wait till the fire dies out. And that's just what Shelly did too, right? Yeah, she went on that moment. She acted on that moment. And we this is what we need in life. When you feel the fire, just let it burn. Just act on it. Don't wait. If you got to send money or anything like that, or drop off water bottles or anything, your energy is going to be spread through the water bottles of snacks or whatever. Just show faith, blow a horn, ride past, just show love, and it will be taken in. It will be taken in and dispersed properly through every protester out there. Everybody will get a piece of your energy to the smallest organic compound. And we're gonna take it and we're gonna keep full. That will keep us fueled. That will keep us going. And another thing I wanna say, what do y'all think if it was, like Shelly said, if it was all black at a peaceful protest, do you think it would have been peaceful? Do you think the cops would have let us walk through these downtown areas? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say probably not. <laughs> Definitely not. But that's why I think the white supporters for standing in that front line, that's just to show you how they use they privilege without knowing they privilege was used. Justin, final thoughts and also two questions. Is this live and where is this? <laughs> Those fucking questions. Oh man. Uh that's that's a joke that yeah. <laughs> on the comments feed we're yeah. like, do not ask him if it is live. I spend He's the whole like, time oh, saying where we're going, where we're at. <laughs> and of course it's live. It says it's live. And just people are always asking, is this live? Where are you? Where it's are a, you? It's the magic live? of Facebook, I believe. That's I what know. they call it. <laughs> but uh <laughs> I don't have any final thoughts, man. My my thought my my thoughts are uh, well documented everywhere. Um, like I said about understanding equality earlier, uh, I meant it. Uh, I don't have to reiterate it. You can rewind and listen to it. So yeah. All right, uh, Demarco. I'll let you have the last word. Well, my thoughts on this is I think things gonna get better. Long we don't get weary and get tired and 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 release each other's arms and separate, but long we stay strong and keep fighting, I think America is gonna be a whole new America, man. It's just gonna be it's just gonna be new, man, with a lot of big changes. It might not take tomorrow, but it's gonna be a change in America. That was certainly one of the most powerful and enlightening and, and, and real conversations I've had in a long time. You know, podcast, real life, doesn't matter. Um, those opportunities, you know, unfortunately don't come around that often to where we can sit down and, and, and all just be on the same level and all just talk with, with no restrictions and no barriers and just all come to, to a common ground. It really does feel like that ideal that, that so many of us chase for. Uh, that so many of us work for, fight for, to where we can just 
you know, put all everything aside and just have real conversations. And, uh, you know, I want to thank Shelly, of course. Uh, again, she's uh, somebody I met when I worked at the Beckler Museum of Modern Art. Uh, and uh, and also um, she set up this whole thing. You, you, you saw her action uh, on Justin's live stream and, and she was able to uh, get all of us connected. So big shout out to her. Uh, big shout out to Justin, of course, because uh, without his coverage, uh, of the protests, as I mentioned in, in last week's podcast, you know, I think we'd be looking at a very different situation uh, right now here in Charlotte. But the work he's been doing and uh, Ryan Pitkin over at uh, Queen City Nerve is is really strong. And of course, uh, shout out to DeMarco Blair, of course, for coming on to this podcast. Uh, you know, just just I just messaged him on Instagram and just was like, hey, man, let's let's all get together and see if we can do this. And he, he was just like, yeah, let's do it. Um, you know, he told me that there were a bunch of other media outlets, uh, you know, the more traditional TV and radio stations that reached out to him, uh, not only here, but uh, across the country, really, and wanted to talk to him. But uh, but we were able he turned them all down. So uh, the conversation that we heard is, is is the one that, you know, he really wanted to get out there. And, and I appreciate him for trusting me, Shelly, Justin and, and you, the listener, with this conversation, because as you could tell, it was it was very personable or it was very personal to him. Uh, but I do want to say, man, my observations of him just as, as after meeting him today is that he's just about as genuine of a dude as there is walking around out there. His heart is, is, is 10 times too big. And, uh, and he's, um, such a genuine person, a deeply caring person, a thoughtful person, a creative person as well. And you can tell, man, he really, this stuff really does mean a lot to him and he really does want to make the best out of this situation. So, yeah, I could only hope for the best for not only him, but all the other protesters and everybody else that's, you know, really putting their their bodies and, and their reputations and everything else, their money on the line here to to make some real change happen. All right. So I'm going to leave you guys uh, with the text from an open letter that I wrote to the Charlotte City Council today, this morning. Uh, June 8th, 2020, uh, about the uh, pending vote that they'll have coming up tonight about whether or not to fund the use of chemical weapons such as tear gas in the 2021 budget. And uh, I essentially advocate that that's one good step, but it's not enough. And I recognize that what I'm asking for here is uh, much bigger than what is probably on the table, but I believe in putting my voices on the record as being in favor of these, uh, you know, larger shifts in what we've thought of as normal everyday society. I think that we can always improve upon where we are and we have the resources, especially in a city like this, that is, uh, still evolving, still growing, that doesn't have all these century, you know, th- these very long traditions in place in a lot of ways, we can still plant our flag and make a new direction. Um, and we have that opportunity right now in front of us. So I want to go on record as saying that I'm in favor of, of making these changes uh, because I think that's that's the best future for our community and for people like DeMarco and for people like Shelly, Justin, myself, and and you, the listener too. So again, thanks so much, uh, everybody, for listening to this uh, episode of The Go Show. My name's Andy saying drive home safe, be great every day, tell your loved ones that you love them. I'm out. Members of Charlotte City Council, I want to start by offering my sincere thanks to each of you who have worked long hours over the past week, hearing from hundreds, if not thousands, of concerned constituents. 
Perfectly balancing the various and often conflicting demands of the public is an impossible task, and I greatly respect anyone who approaches this work to the best of their abilities. I'm writing this letter to add my support to Councilman Braxton Winston's call to defund chemical weapons investments by CMPD in 2021. However, while I believe this is a necessary step, it is far from sufficient. I'm calling for a drastic and immediate reallocation of CMPD funding to resources that will better address the root causes of the social issues that result in instances of police brutality. Nobody wants theft, violence, drug use, or any other crime in their community. Without investments in affordable housing, education, health care, living wages, and other social services, however, we will continue to be stuck in the same cycle of violence and inequity. As you know, the proposed city budget for 2021 includes $290.2 million for the CMPD, a mammoth 40.4%. This is a particularly eye-opening number when you consider housing and neighborhood services receives a relatively measly $19.9 million or 2.8%. I find it hard to believe that this city is called a never-ending string of task forces, town halls, and other acts of performative governance, and yet remains truly uneducated as to what the answers are, particularly as it relates to economic mobility and police brutality. At this point, I can only infer that we collectively know what the answers are to these questions, but we refuse to act on them. We refuse to act on what we know to be right because we are too comfortable with the status quo. A status quo that benefits an extreme minority, keeps some of the best minds of our generation desperately clinging to jobs they hate, and that leaves anyone poor, sick, LGBTQ, and certainly black and brown beaten back to the margins. However, I am hopeful. I am hopeful because today we find ourselves at the proverbial crossroads. Down one road lies comfort and security. That road, however, is built on the perpetuation of the status quo that has proven itself to be ineffective at best and violently oppressive at worst. We can pass on the same world to our next generation just as we inherited it. Down the other road, however, lies a future that we don't know. That path will require much more work to trailblaze. That route will not be as easy. However, we as a city, a state, and a nation have never collectively explored that route. It will involve heavy lifting, searing self-examination, a willingness to place others above ourselves, and a determination to break free from antiquated ways of living. The promise of this new path is worth every bit of the risk we will take along the journey. The promise of a more just and equitable society, one in which we truly have equal opportunities to be who we want to be, free from the fear of abuse from those whom our tax dollars pay to protect us, is worth fighting and dying for. I'll end on this thought. In 1780, Charlotte earned its beloved nickname of the Hornet's Nest when General Cornwallis met a resistance so fierce he had never seen anything like it. Today, in 2020, we have the unique opportunity to reclaim the title of the Hornet's Nest and redefine it for a new generation. We can rebel against the forces that have kept so much of our community locked in a lower class for centuries. We can fight back against the systems and the norms we've accepted on face value. We can build and create a better future for generations to come, a brighter and more equitable world for our children to thrive in. Just like Captain James Jack, John McNitt Alexander, and so many of our forefathers fought for our freedoms and a better future, so too can we. 
Just as the task before them seemed impossible, so too does ours. Just as we reap the benefits of the sacrifices they made, so too can our descendants enrich themselves from the work we do today. I thank you for your time and for your service to our community. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for listening to The Ghost Show. If you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor and subscribe to The Ghost Show on your podcast platform of choice. Give us an honest rating and a review. It really helps the podcast appear in other people's feeds and searches. Follow me personally on Twitter at Andy Go and on Instagram at The Gojo. You can find Gojo Studios on both platforms at Gojo Studios. Shoot me your comments and questions about today's episode or what you want to see in a future episode to andy at gojo.com. Finally, check out gojostudios.com for all the latest. The Go Show is created, written, recorded, edited, mixed, mastered, produced, and promoted by Andy Go of Gojo Studios. Music by Harvey Cummings.